All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. Whether it's, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency, or generally speaking, anything regarding Web3, sustainability is going to be one of the major obstacles. And also, it's going to be the theme of many of today's solutions. You know, management of energy, especially in light of the many issues and kind of finite resources that we have in this day and age. So I'd like to introduce a very, very special guest. Uh, she has a very illustrious, vast, and impressive background, Dr. Hind Buhia. Now, I'm going to give uh, give you all a little bit of, uh, I guess you could say, a preamble to her background, and then I'm going to pass over the mic, so to say, to her. So she has more than 20 years of professional experience in high-level leadership positions. She was nominated by Forbes among the most 100 influential women in the in essentially Arab women in the Arab women business list and honored as a member of the John Hopkins Society of Scholars back in 2018. She's also a Harvard PhD. She has an engineering degree and background and she began her career at the World Bank before joining Morocco's prime minister and the Casablanca Stock Exchange as the managing director. By the way, this is this is incredible to say the very the very least. So she is also the founder and CEO of the BAL method. So we are going to get into the weeds a little bit about that today as well. But, you know, Dr. Buhia, I'd like to warmly welcome you to today's episode. And thank you very much for coming on today. I am so delighted to be here, Adam. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And yes. And the title looks amazing. So I feel like I have stepped into, you know, the youth and the spark of technology when I'm being here in your platform. Oh, well, listen, I'm, I'm glad that I can, you know, have guests such as yourself to generously, you know, provide, you know, their time and expertise to talk about a lot of these very pressing issues today. So uh, I was wondering if you can provide a little bit more color and context, you know, to your background, you know, apart from what I've uh, already introduced about you. Thank you so much, Adam. Yeah, you did have a great introduction. I started as an engineer. Um, I grew up in Morocco and then I went to France to study industrial engineering. And because I had a love for science and STEM and technology. And after that, um, and I was particularly focusing on transferring technology to developing countries and to the developing world. And after that, I went to Harvard where I studied first um, a master in operation research and decision theory. So it's really the modeling behind making decisions and uh, right. and uh, and the modeling behind anything really. And that's how I went on to do my PhD in environmental engineering. And it was the start of sustainable development at that time. So it was just fascinating to be part of this uh, new approach to development to integrate in environmental issues, environmental concerns. And I was working on water, but in my department, my professor, Peter Rogers, he was a great specialist on water and energy. And it was really the start of 
environmental impact and uh, and how you can integrate that in the national planning and in defining the policies and also the strategies in different countries in the world. So, and, you know, finished my PhD at Harvard and uh, what was seemed to be natural next step was to, to join the World Bank. So I joined the World Bank in Washington because um, development was part of I, what I wanted to do. And so I worked on development projects in different parts of the world because I loved discovering countries. And so I started working in Latin America, um, Brazil, Argentina, and Southeast Asia and uh, on projects related to the environment and related to poverty reduction and to strategies to better plan for water, uh, for energy, and the impact that this will have on the human development and the local development as well. So I spent eight years in Washington before coming back to Morocco. Wow, that's, <laughs> qu that's quite a journey to say the, say the very least. When it comes to sustainability, what, what are most countries getting wrong at the moment? It seems like in this day and age, we have a lot of the technology and maybe arguably the resources. However, it, it seems that either time or methods are, are being you know, mismanaged. And it kind of seems like maybe as a collective species, we're just not hitting the mark. Uh, quite just yet. So, uh, what are your what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, you know, sustainability. Okay, well, let's go back to understand first what is sustainability and what it means, really. So, sustainability sure. is using your resources, but leaving them intact for the next generation. Very well said. Which means that it's almost at the place and that. Uh, the, the philosophy of, you know, consuming, uh, growing, creating opportunities. But in the same time, you remember there is a next generation and that next generation should, should also have the same opportunity. Right. So when you keep that and more the population is growing, more we consume more, more we pollute more, more we see that we actually are impacting our environment, impacting our forest, impacting our plants, our oceans. So what is it that we are leaving for the next generation? Before, we didn't feel it that much because the population was not that big. So even if we did something, you can't see it. But now right. it's multiply out. We're talking about 8 billion people. Do you know how much uh, the waste that we have in this planet I'll tell you an image, which is quite interesting, actually. Sure. The waste that we have, it's like we can fill out a train going from the, 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 from the earth to the moon. That's the distance of how much waste we produce. Wow. <laughs> it's very big. So, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a colossal amount of waste. Yeah. <laughs> you see that? So that's right. because of the population. And more the population grow, more we will be producing more. Where is all this stuff going? Where right. is it? Great part of it is going to the oceans, creating, you know, new continent of plastic. You know, there is six I've, continents. Right. Huge. <laughs> I've read so, about that. Essentially, yeah. these floating islands, uh, <laughs> hundreds of miles, I've, I've heard, too, of simply waste. 
uh, from everywhere. And, and who knows how many years uh, some of these, I guess you could say, pieces of waste uh, have been essentially, yes. I guess you could say, almost part of this uh, floating structure, which is, which, is quite, which is quite unfortunate. You know, in your professional journey, what was, I think, the aha moment or, you know, I guess you could say when the when the switch went off as far as, um, you know, dedicating a lot of your, you know, passion and expertise towards, you know, towards, you know, this direction? Because, uh, you know, it, it is very, very tough, I would say, to engineer and advocate solutions for, you know, sustainability. On one hand, it's great that in this day and age in 2022, we have access, you know, to a lot of, you know, information as far as understanding what sustainability is. And especially as you eloquently stated it, you know, expressing it and essentially increasing awareness about it, where now I think it's a conversation that most people can have and are aware of, which I think not even five years ago was so, you know, mainstream. But also, you know, nowadays, and I think even even, you know, many years ago, there are also a lot of, you could say, bulwarks that are in the way of, you know, you could say sustainability. Now, whether this is, you know, whether this is, you know, petroleum or whether this is, you know, even, you know, I guess you could say uh, hardware and, you know, software, um, you could say, you know, producing entities as well. You know, there are a lot of, you know, you could say uh, interest out there that may not uh exactly be happy with sustainability in fact maybe even be damaged by it uh as well so yeah <laughs> that's interesting yeah but you're right um you know what had interest me in sustainability well okay let me go back when do we start talking about sustainability is when we have uh, some pressure and right. we lack in something and so countries that have been water scarce or didn't have energy right the question of sustainability has always been there. So if you go back in history, and when you look at a country where water was just very scarce, and but they still did, did ha needed to, to have water for agriculture, for production, for, right. for household, for industries, they were very aware of the importance of managing it properly and optimizing the use of water. Yeah? Right. So the concept is not new. It's the concept has, al has always been there. I mean, like yeah. from you go back to history, I mean, you go back to, to really 100 years, people built, uh, had built infrastructure that allowed them to better manage water when they had a problem of water. Mm. So that's what the start is. That was water. And then we, whenever there was another crisis, the crisis of in the 70s of oil and a crisis right. of energy, yeah. That started to like, okay, you know, it's like almost you're ringing an alarm. We have to do something about this. That's right. what triggers optimization, finding other ways, finding alternatives, finding other ways of uh, uh, producing energy, uh, producing fuel, producing, finding fuel. And so each time when we are faced with the crisis that we are looking to find solutions. Got it. And I, you know, I remember when I was studying, I was uh, when I was at Harvard, um, I chose to work on water because I'm part of this region. This part of the world had a lot of water uh, issues, scarcity issues. So finding the best way to manage it is key. Okay. Right. 
And more we advance with the years, the population grows, the consumption grows, the demand grows on energy. The big thing has been energy this past years. Right. right? Shift towards renewable energy because there is a limit to everything you can consume. Not only that, but there is also pollution that comes with it. So faced right. with these two issues, you need to find an alternative, which right. is the rise of renewable energy, solar energy, wind energy. Right. And these and, are the years. Yeah. Yes. And I was going to say, I, I think some of your points uh, kind of touched into my follow-up question as far as uh, Morocco itself were there a set of circumstances or a set of issues um, that were, I guess you could say, unique to Morocco or maybe that region of northern Africa that, uh, that you either, you know, sought to resolve or kind of inspired you to get into, you know, sustainability? Because I think often when it comes to, you know, uh, energy consumption and resource consumption, I think often the United States and China and probably Western Europe to a lesser extent, um, that kind of occupies a lot of, you know, you could say the the focal point of that of that conversation, but uh, there's also you know many many regions of the world that have their own unique histories, unique problems, and regardless of what happens, I think you know the energy consumption of what of let's say the U.S. or you know some of the other larger companies, other countries, uh, inevitably affects everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, in, as far as Morocco itself. Uh, were there some sort of pressing issues or problems that um, that were in your mind when I think uh, you know going on this you know professional journey, being where it's located um, in in northern Africa? Um, were there issues with like let's say water scarcity, uh, for mm-hmm. instance, and mm-hmm. you know things like that? Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, knowing that um, you know, I think when we when we're young and we grew up in countries, loving the country. You really want to feel that you want to learn things so that you can go back and contribute to its development. Right. And that was my driving force is when I went, you know, I grew up um, in a time where it was not very easy for women or girls to go study abroad. And, um, and you know, and to be able to do that, I felt I wanted to really learn and and get all the knowledge and the know-how so that I can go back and and contribute to development of my part of the world and then how you can, you know, learn all those advanced technologies and see how you can transfer them and you can help. So I think that was my, my belief and, uh, and what drove me as my mission. And this is what you can see. I mean, even in my journey, I mean, I went and I studied engineering and the idea was really to go back and see how we can use this big industries and and help uh, and and develop and help the country move forward as well and transfer some of the technologies and in and what brought me to sustainability is really my care about um, human development about um, being able to have integrated approaches to development and and you know the fact that I was an engineer and I was really interested in in how in doing something but having a positive impact. And when you say positive impact, the impact is on human development, the impact is on the environment, and on creating economic opportunities. And these three things makes exactly what we talk what we call sustainability. Sustainability is mixing these three things together. And right. so. 
Why was I worried about that? Because economic opportunity, you need that to develop. You need that for any countries to raise up, to create growth, to create jobs, to create, uh, to stimulate their economy, to have, you know, to stimulate their added value at the end and their gross product. And that's economics. But in the same time, you also need to impact the society and, and, and impact the human development. So we're changing people's life, improving their conditions of living, giving them access to the basics, which is education, health, giving them access to infrastructure. And that's social. That's the social impact. But when you have all those, these two and you're missing that part on the environment, because I was scared, I cared about that. Because uh, yeah. to me, um, it's you know, talking about water as uh, as you mentioned. I mean, I, I mean, I know that at this time we were the whole region was going through a drought when I was doing my PhD in ninety. You know, I was at Harvard between ni- in the nineties, and so water was the big the big discussion. Everything was around water, and then so suddenly it's like if you create all this development, create all this growth, but you don't have the resources. Right. How, we know how good that is for you. Like really, you're missing the essence, and the essence is those resources. So to be able to understand how you navigate through all to the existing constraints of natural resources, because they are, you know, they're not infinite. And when you don't have, when it's not infinite, you have to be able to optimize it. You have to be able right. to to manage it and and uh, remember that. You need you need to let some of it for the future generation because they also have to use them. So this is how it came, and that's the essence of sustainability: is to be able to look at these three things together at once. And any strategy, any policy for development, if they doesn't have this all this component together, there is always be there will always be something missing. And that's what is this big trend today in reaching sustainable development goals. Let's see. Wow. Wonderfully said. And uh, could you talk about your journey and your foray into entrepreneurship and creating the BAL method? <laughs> and uh, I think this ties a lot into sustainability. And one point you mentioned, unlocking potential of, uh, you know, societies. And, you know, I think more and more we're, we're seeing that i think in many ways it doesn't matter what country you're from or what region of the world you're in you know we're not going to unleash the true potential and capabilities of our society if everybody doesn't have the opportunity to participate and get involved have access and really achieve and unlock i think what they're greatest strengths are and i think it's always good to play to your strengths as well so i was wondering if you could talk about the bal method and kind of your mission as far as empowering you could say the future and the next wave of female leaders and entrepreneurs and uh you know innovators you know yes whether it's in tech whether it's in engineering or sustainability and so on um yes uh thank you for this question which is very important because you have two parts in your question the first one is Everyone has a role to play in sustainability. Everyone, whether it is at a smaller scale or at a bigger scale. And I think today is very important to raise this awareness that anyone can really feel that whatever he or she does can contribute to the overall sustainable development 
goals and and the impact around him or her in the community yeah. in her in the street in the in the residence where he he or she lives in the first micro place imagine is if everyone had that attitude that yes i have a role to play imagine it's like right. 8 billion people on the planet the planet will be completely different we will all be responsible sure. and it's like that being responsible and being uh, a game player in this new trend that is inevitable and necessary to reach sustainable development goals the world would change and and my work today is really exactly in that trend is to to um i focus on women because i truly believe that gender equality is one of the most uh, key elements to reach sustainable development goals because it crosses all the 17 goals, whether it is education, industry, economics, health, infrastructure, water, energy, all of that, gender right. equality has a place in it. And gender equality can only be rich if you empower women and young girls. Well because said. Because when you empower them, you give them the key to be able to accept those opportunities, uh, be part of the strengths and all those policies that are made today so that the, uh, there is more equalities at work, um, less disparities in terms of opportunities, salaries, and all that. Right. I mean, you're in tech. And technology alone, you know, there are millions of jobs creating every year now, right? I mean, the world yeah. has gone digital. And so if you encourage, empower more girls, and I love the comment, I can read it from Zahra. She's saying that to empower more girls to go to science, to right. go to technology, you will give them all the opportunities and the possibilities to be part of those million jobs that are created in the tech industry. Well said. And how do you go about uh, mentoring, you know, young women to, you could say, you know, unlock their potential and, you know, gain yeah. the confidence and kind of gain the ability to, you know, reflect and ascertain where they want to go? Because even in this day and age, as we are speaking right now in 2022, tech is still largely, you know, occupied by mostly, you know, male entrepreneurs. So, yes. it, it, you know, it, it shows that I think uh, there's still a way to go. So, you know, I would imagine, you know, with what you're doing with the BAL method, you know, yeah. there is a significant amount of, you could say, lifting, you know. Um, so uh, talk about, you know, talk a little bit about that journey and, you know, that method. Because I would imagine with, you know, clientele, you're dealing with a lot of individuals, a lot of individual women who either come from environments where, let's say, you know, the, the ecosystem around them, their parents, their family, their community is probably mm -hmm. not the most supportive in many cases. And there may just be, you could say, uh, stereotypical, you know, gender role expectations, you know, things like that. And yeah. so I, I would imagine, you know, if, you, if there is a young girl and she wants to do something in STEM, there might be a crowd around her telling her, you, you really shouldn't be doing that. Yes. You, really, you, you should really just kind of, you know, slow down, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, you know, so to say. 
Spot on, Adam. That's exactly what happens, actually. That's exactly it. And if wow. if nobody tells her there that right. she will, she had she would have had heard it so much in the news, in the movies, in the environment, in sure. everywhere that it becomes a voice in her head. Right. That her, and that's why I launched the BAL Believe, Act, and Lead method. I created this method to help women become leaders, not just leaders, become great leaders, which means they really impact and inspire people around them. Right. And the method goes through three phases. The first one is to believe, believe in themselves, believe in their possibilities, believe in a better future and that they deserve to create the wealth they want, to have the influential situation they want to have, to create their company, to become a leader, to just to be and, and reach a life that they barely dare to dream about. And so right. often when you free yourself from constraints that don't even let you Imagine, I mean, when the constraints are so strong, they don't, even, doesn't, they don't even let you dream of your possibilities of, you know, that's something you can create in your life and you can reach. So that's a big mindset shift, big mindset transformation. You know, using the mind, it's something that no one teaches you never at school. Right. I mean, we don't go to school and they tell you, you know what, you have to stop those negative thoughts if you want to if you want to succeed right. or have good grades. I mean, what you do is like when you're a child and you go to school and the professor tells you, no, you're not good. Just one word is enough to put you in a box where you feel you cannot do anything. No. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think especially when it comes to kids. So I'm a father. I have a son. And I think what you tell your kids is very, very important as far as their, I guess you could say, how they'll end up interacting and viewing, you know, the world. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, I could tell you so many stories and I think many other people, so many kind of, you could say, bad teachers, discouraging, mm -hmm. you know, dis discouraging young, young, young children. I would imagine, especially when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, girls, you know, mm -hmm. so I wanted to know, did you experience any of that, you know, growing up as, as well? As far as, you know, people telling you, hey, listen, you know, um, Hind, you know, maybe you should just, you know, take it easy. Maybe STEM isn't in your wheelhouse. Maybe you should, you know, think about some other things, maybe something a little bit more traditional. Like, listen, you know, to be totally candid, you know, people are mean. And by the way, whether it's teachers, whether it's adults, you know, people say some bad, you know, bad critical things to kids, you know, so. Um, I kind of wanted to know if, if that is something you had to experience, you know, before well, kind of, you know. I think in my case, it was different because my father was an engineer and I, I was admiring my father and all what I wanted to do is to become an engineer. So I kind of yeah. had him having my back and that's good. So it was natural to me to just be going to math and be good at math and science and physics. And I can remember when I was really young, he was, you know, he sometimes helps me with uh, solving the problem. So I did have that nurturing 
environment nurturing right. and that nurturing environment is sometimes lacking and when it's lacking you create it they create it through the policies through the uh, initiatives through the programs there are many programs today that are encouraging more girls and more women to go to stem and more girls in particular to go to stem so i think i mean we have changed we have come a long way and it's really i think it's also a moment to recognize that because um you know although there's a lot to be done but we still have advanced a lot and you can see right. more encouragement and more backing to encourage to to let go for girls going to stem and to let them uh go i mean and in fact i mean it's good that you mentioned you know i have a book that i wrote on on that on african girl african women right i saw that agile, empowered and tech savvy females will right. transform the continent for good and what the books is saying is really um that it is if you want to be a leader if you want to reach high level positions if you want to create your company if you want to create your economy if you want to contribute you got to go to stem stem is yeah. not even an option stem is like it's like the basics you write yeah. you read you do math it's just part of the basics because right. you know when you go grocery shopping if you don't know how to add up, how can you be in, in, the, in your budget? You need to right. know the basics. And often people get scared of STEM, get scared of math. Math right. is not hard, it's logical. It's some, and, and later on, when they want to launch their company, when they want to create business plans, which will, I'll come back to Bal. I didn't finish the sure. explaining to you. Sure, the so I'm coming back to that. But um, but your point was, is so well uh, expressed that I wanted to really uh, take a moment to to show and explain that science are right. not complicated. You know, they, you can be excellent, amazing just with the logic that you have in your mind because you have it. And we get we often block ourselves by feeling scared. Wow, well, we can't, it's difficult, we don't know. It's not. And it's the same for finance and the same for business plans. And I see that a lot in my, that's why, I mean, my method is really through three phases. The first one, which is the mindset and everything. The second one is to take actions, is to act on it to act on your dream, act on your goal, act on whatever you want to create. If you want to launch a business, act on it, do it. If you want to uh, springboard your career, work, prepare yourself, learn, get the skills and be that. And it's about understanding that you can do a business plan. You can understand how to do finance. All what you need is the math you use when you go grocery shopping. Once you have that, you have a logic, you know what you're creating, Excel makes everything so easy. So it's not frightening. And that's why to create your wealth, to create your economy, you need to master the basics, those skills that will be, you know, will make your business successful, that will allow you to have revenues, to plan it properly. So this is part of the action. And the action include also branding, because if you have an offer, if you have a value, you know, you want to create an economy, you want to create wealth, you need to have an offer, sure. you need to have a good value that you present, you need to be able to do, they need to know your market, you need to find the gap in the niche in the market that you want to serve, and be so excellent in the value you provide, that money will just flow to you. Right. And once you understand that, once you can, you become a magnet to your clients, you become a magnet to 
the success and the abundance you want in your life. And that's the second phase, which will take me to the third phase where I teach women how to become leaders by harnessing their leadership skills, by, um, by understanding that giving is the way to grow. Helping is the way to shine. Giving and having an impact, knowing what impact you want to do and have around you is the way to feel fulfilled. And we, what, we, what do we look for at the end of the day? Is to be aligned with your inner beliefs and with who you are really, and to be fulfilled. So you want to create wealth, you want to be a leader, but you also want to understand who you really are so that that person in you feel always nurtured and fulfilled with your daily work. So after wow, that, well you sure can be a great leader. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and inspire others and empower others. Right. Absolutely. When, uh, you know, when I guess, uh, is this something that comes natural to you? Because if you're, you know, I think in any situation where you mentor somebody, it does mm -hmm. take a lot of you know, I, I guess you could say, you know, mental and emotional energy, you know, sure. I, I think with each individual you're dealing with, you know, different, uh, you know, different problems, different issues, different, you know, contexts and situations, you're dealing with people with different strengths and different weaknesses. Is this something that came natural uh, to you? Because, you know, for people that I know who do, you know, this type of mentorship and, and coaching, it is almost like a spiritual journey in of itself, you know, where you're kind of simultaneously almost growing with somebody at the same time, you know, almost, you know, through osmosis, you know, for better or for worse, you know, harnessing the experiences and enriching the experiences, but also, you know, going through, you, you could say some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the stress and the sweat mm -hmm. of, of that journey as well. Well, yeah. I mean, the question is, is so true. It's, uh, I'm a very intuitive person, so I use that uh, to align with the other person, um, position, beliefs, and what I do is I really, you know, I've been a strategist all my life, as you said. I mean, I worked for 20 years in strategy, so it's like I, it's like you look at life, you map someone's life as in a puzzle. Right. And, and it takes, you know, what I do is I find what is that missing piece for him or her to reach greatness in her life. It's like there is a missing piece in the puzzle. And right. when I step out and I look at it from my perspective, I can see it and I can help through that, whether it is letting go of fear of anxiety Boosting a self-image, boosting an attitude, lacking a skills, having a plan, knowing how to manage your time, knowing how to brand, knowing how to market, knowing how to talk, knowing how to speak, knowing how to communicate, knowing how to sell yourself, knowing how to believe in your greatness so that you can make that your life. So it's really, it's, it's like mapping. It's like a mind mapping. And right. I love it because you go into, you know, it's 
it's to me now it's funny because now that you asked me the question, I'm thinking about it and it almost reminds me for solving math problems. And I <laughs> love doing that. It's true. That's what right. it is. It's really that. That's the way of putting it. It, yeah. it really is. It's like, okay, you know, solving math problems, what is it? It's you have many, many variables, many, many constraints, many, many issues, and you kind of model that. So it's like modeling somewhat, mapping and map and mind modeling to understand what is that missing piece that is blocking right. the person for creating the greatness it was. Because everyone deserves the success. Everyone can have and create the millions in her or his life. Right. Nothing. There is nothing different between you, me, another person, or someone who's a billionaire. The only difference is the mindset. Absolutely. You know, when you have the right mindset for things, you know that 1% of the population has 96% of the wealth in the world. Right. So the 1%, clearly, they know how to use the mind. And so if that is something that is blocking, that is often there are old beliefs, um, self-image that is just not on top, you know, like lacking respect for yourself, lacking, sure. you know, feeling that worth. Yes, the self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. So when you boost that, when you are able to change your attitude and understand what is lacking in that attitude, you become unstoppable. Because mentoring, what is mentoring? Mentoring is almost taking someone's hand and like, okay, borrow my belief, borrow my confidence, borrow what I have. Let me see what's the, what's the, the skills that are lacking so that I can help you with them. So that you can, you know, you can go directly um, uh, and get them. Got it. Very, yeah. uh, very well said. And I think it's a great... I guess you could say point that you made, you made as far as mentoring, if this is made almost into a mathematical formula or a mathematical experience, and I think if one can conceptualize it like that, you know, you can essentially create processes like macro processes and micro processes. You can almost streamline as far as, you know, diagnosing and analyzing, you know, you could say the problem to be, you know, to be resolved. Because I think sometimes... Uh, some people may say they want to be mentors, uh, but I, I, it doesn't seem like it pans out, you know, that way as well. And maybe it's because maybe when you're dealing with one person. Ooh, hello, Dr. Hind. Yes. Oh, okay. oh, we had uh, some uh, connection issues. We're back. Oh, OK. Back. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually saying, you know, touching upon one of the touching upon one of the points you made making i think the experience of mentorship almost mathematical you can isolate what the problem is and create like micro processes and macro processes to you know resolve you know i, I guess you could say resolve whatever deficiencies there are i think you know yeah. I, I think if you create almost like a system around it it's much easier to manage and i think the problem is maybe some people who are well-intentioned and want to mentor, but they can't. I think the problem is whether it's any person, whether it's me, you or anybody, there's too much information uh, most of the time to manage. And I think yes. without a process, it becomes a little too overwhelming, you know, sure. so to say. So, you know, 
I've uh, I've had different mentors and you know you could say coaches come onto the show and talk about their processes. I've never heard anybody describe it essentially in a mathematical context, but it does make a tremendous amount of sense. And yes. I think if we're talking about sustainability, I think part of sustainability is knowing how to manage your energy. And by the way, whether that's even me or you and how we kind of go about our day, you know, I think uh, I think uh, I think it's it, it goes without saying there are some things that you have to put more energy into and there's some things you kind of have to conserve and put less energy into. So you don't kind of burn yourself out, you know, and, you know, and things like that. So, you know, I definitely, I definitely like that point you made earlier. Yeah. And I, I'm so happy because it really resonates with you because that's exactly what it is. You know, what's the, what's okay. Crypto. You talk about crypto, you talk about modeling, sure. you talk about software. These are processes, right. Right. these are processes that they are so well thought so well structured with computers that can make millions of operations at once. Yeah. Like 100 millions now at once. Right. And imagine that because you model it. But when you go back, it all comes back to the same algorithms. Right. Everything. Go down back to creating algorithms, to creating the processes. Right. Absolutely. And I'll have to say, um, you know, for much of my life, um, was not math centered, despite the fact that my grandparents are accountants. So it wasn't until I got into crypto about two and a half years ago where uh, I almost had this reignited passion for, I think, tech and mathematics. So, you know, when I kind of first came into this space and I went on this certification earning frenzy, mm -hmm. some of the, I guess you could say, foundational classes I had to take for the, for the certifications were, um, I guess you could say, various uh types of mathematics classes often it was like statistics but you know uh relearning i guess you could say mathematics that i had to learn when i was younger actually i liked it and appreciated it more now and i think in fact mathematics really organizes kind of the daily chaos you know in in our lives because i think if if you have essentially a formula if you're able to essentially streamline smaller processes you can serve energy that way and in exactly. fact you can you can actually do a lot more you know over you know over time and i guess you know back to you know back to mentorship you're dealing with a variety of people with different problems and you know different backgrounds some are probably going to require more of you some are going to require you know less of you and it you know it depends on you know you know what's going on with you and that person you know, at that, you know, at that time. So uh, I think what you're doing with the BAL method is, you know, is, is incredible. Mm -hmm. And the point you raised about essentially 96% plus of the yes. world's wealth resides within, you know, 1% of the people. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at those people, I think if you read about any major, any uh, highly respected, celebrated entrepreneur, I think if there is one universal factor, male, female alike, they believe in what they're doing more so than the average person. And in fact, uh, I think it's that level of conviction. I don't know if it just unlocks parts of your mind and subconscious that kind of gives you more access to tools. But I, I think it's along those I think it's along those lines, you know, being mm -hmm. able to you know, do that within yourself and other people. Yeah, it's all about what you believe. In fact, when you what you attract in your life is exactly what you have in your mind. So if yeah. you believe that you are successful, 
your company is amazing, you are attracting money, you deserve it, that's what you get. If you right. believe that, you know, what am I doing this for? It's too hard anyway. Right. What for? What am I, you know, like, oh, what bother? You right. know, what she didn't, they didn't do anything. They felt, you felt, you don't want to stand back up. People don't like me. That's what you get more of. So it's right. really how you are able to attract what you want. And when you are understand, I mean, when you understand that the power of the mind is beyond anything, you, you get the key to the secret of success right. and of wealth creation and of recognition. And, and that, and, and you know, that shift, it's a decision you make. It's really like literally making a decision that this is not the life I want. These are not the results I want. I want something else. And once you make the decision, you find what is that something else that you want? What is it? Like vividly, like really imagine it, like see it, hold it in your mind until you have it in your hand. I mean, that's what all great discoveries have gone through. I mean, Edison, he, people thought he was crazy. He believed right. in the ball. He repeated 1,000 times. Like who tries something? More than 10 times, like really, really, like much really. less 10,000 times. And, yeah. and by, by the way, a little, a uh, little bit of, uh, I guess a little bit of family history or my great grandfather mm -hmm. used to work an apprentice for Thomas Edison because Thomas Edison's wow. factory was in Menlo Park, New Jersey. So my oh, great grandfather uh, used to work for him. You know, this mm -hmm. I'm talking about, this is like early, you know, early, uh, you know, 20th century, but yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I, uh, I so you have some of that in your genes. Oh, you know? I oh, thank you. Believing <laughs> and creating and persevering. So it's all about believing and persevering. Even people, Christoph Columbus discovering the America. People thought he was crazy. He just took the boat and went on. He believed in right. discovering something. I mean, everyone who discovered something is because he believed that right. as he will discover something. And it's the same thing about success, about creating an, an enterprise that is thriving or um, attracting wealth or creating, you know, I have a mission that I'm working on, which is to reach a billion girls and women. And I really, truly believe in it. Like, right. really, I do, because I believe in the ripple effect of the impact I do through the BAL method, through the, to really teaching more women about how to believe in themselves, to act in whatever they want to create and lead with it. Because by doing that, they'll become ambassador. They'll become, they will be teaching the same thing to others. And this way, they will impact more people so everything starts with your belief if you don't believe right you, there's nothing you can really create or do in your life and you know what that that leads to a very good follow-up question so in your case how do you reach the most difficult of clients that you've undertaken so you know for example you know if you are essentially mentoring and coaching a young woman and she looks at your background and let's, and you know, she might look at that and think, this is, this is a monumental success. She may think that she may not be able to reach that level. So to say it might, you, you might hear this pushback. Well, you know, that's easy for you to say, or that's easy for you to do, but this is my context. This is my situation, you know, so to say, how do you reach that individual who's, I guess you could say baseline thinking is like, okay, 
you know, this is your success. This is a little, this is a mountain that I probably can't climb right now. And, I, and you know, I think back to mathematics, if we're to break it down, I guess it would start with habits. So a habit is like a repeated action mm-hmm. or thought that you do in the same situation anytime you're confronted with it. So mm-hmm. I would imagine when you're dealing with even the most difficult of clients, it probably starts with habits at the mm-hmm. very least, right? Everything starts with habits. Everything. And habits are what um, what you have you have like a programming that you right. carry with you in your mind, a subconscious mind. And that programming comes from um, all the thoughts, uh, the uh, beliefs that were put right. into your mind as a child, as you grow up. And all those habit beliefs, they become habits. And so the way you think, the way you behave, you, the way you act, it's habitual. And the only, change, the only way you want to change something in your life by changing old habits that are not serving you and creating new habits that are serving you so that you can reach the success that you want. And so, um, well, I think what you, your question about how, you know, you can really help how, someone. How, how do you reach the most resistant of clients who maybe completely does not believe they can do something of like any type of major success, especially if they look at your background. And by the way, like, you know, let's say your, your background is, is incredible, you know, to say the least. So I would imagine, what if you have a client who thinks, okay, I can't do something of that caliber. I can't do something of that level. Can I really, can I really just take this advice from Dr. From Dr. Hind, so to say? Like I would yeah, imagine sure. you probably have like something. <laughs> we're just resilient. They just give pushback. Well, do you know, do you th- I mean, frankly, Adam, do you know that whenever you reach somewhere or whoever is successful, do you think it just happened overnight? We fall oh, so many no. times. I have gone through so much pain and challenges in my life where I had to recreate myself each time. Right. And I am coming from that space where I know what it is to be in a rabbit hole, lost. Um, you know, having to recreate yourself and not giving up because your belief is so strong and, and that you, and it's, so nothing is easy. We don't reach anything easily. And that discipline, that perseverance, that's what I like to give to women is to believe so much in themselves. I mean, going to Harvard, it was a dream. I didn't speak English. I sat one night and I remember it, summer night, by the beach, on the sand with my siblings and friends. And I was watching and I looked at the sky. I'm like, and somebody's like, oh, let's find a star. And I'm like, okay, let's wish on a star. And I'm like, you know, I want to go to Harvard. And I just hold on to that thought. I truly believed in it. I didn't speak English. I wow. haven't never been to the U.S. It was so far away. It was just like the impossible. Like, really, they just impossible. You know, I was in the 80s. There was no internet, no Netflix, nothing. You know, we had right. cassettes. You know, those cassettes. Oh, yeah. Cassette yeah. Where you see movies, you know. Yeah. 
you know, it was the time of Michael, of George Michael and Madonna. That's the right. only English I had. Okay. It's like, get into the groove, whatever this, you know, old right. songs from Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I held on, I believed and I worked so hard. And I think there, if there is, um, from my story is the strength of believing and persevering. I didn't have anything that distanced me to that except my belief and my really dedication to becoming excellent in, in the science, the math, the courses, the classes I was taking because I knew that I had another, I had, had somewhere where I wanted to go. And right. that's the strength. This is what I'm, I'd, I'm not here to convince anyone to work with me or whoever's, you know, I am here to guide and to serve because I love doing that. Because I understood that success is about believing in yourself and excelling in what you do and never give up because knows, I heard many of them, she's just a woman, who cares? She, I talk, nobody listens to me. I had my company, I had made six, seven, eight figures, lost it all had to rebuild myself. So it's really about being able to fall and stand back up and find that strength and resilience in you. And where do you get that power from? And this relates to everyone. Let's forget about, you know, the studies and all that. You know, these are, sure. you know, you're great, whatever you spend time with. But what matters at the end of the day is what you have in your mind. How fulfilled right. are you? How happy are you? What you have created in your life is it? Is that what you wanted to do? You know, is this what you wanted to reach? Right. Is this what your mission is about? What is that purpose? What's your purpose? Why are you here? And or even more, who are you? Who right. are you? Right. Who are you? So it's really it's not about me. It's about them. Right. It's about, okay, my story makes other think through their stories sure. in different scales, in different places. But my story shows that no matter what happens to you in your life, don't give up. Hold on to your dream. Hold on to your beliefs. And the moment you forget who you are because you lose your self-esteem when you are in the toughest situation. And yes, I've been in tough sure. situations. I, you know, more you go in leadership, more it hurts when it's tough. Okay. Sure. So when you feel yourself, you're lost because you lost your self-esteem and self-worth. That's the moment when you need to have the strongest attitude and get some help. Get, this is the moment when you get help. This is not the moment when you like, okay, oh, she's done too much. Maybe she's not going to help me. Get help for someone who has who understand what it is to shift the mind, mm -hmm. to believe in yourself. One knows the techniques to do that. I like to, in fact, I like to ask someone who has done amazing things. I mean, you don't want to go ask advice for someone who didn't see someone who did it. Sure. Because you know you learn things from them. Right. They, will and I think they will guide you. Right. You know, what's nice about what I do is, and that's because of my background, is it's almost, you get the mindset shift, but you also get like high-level consultant firm with you sure. to take your, your business from whatever you are to scaling it to a million-dollar business.
and that's amazing that's priceless this is like wow yeah that's and where you know the what? energy i come from and i think that energy very very beautifully came through and i'll have to say this a lot of times you know people can see the success and that's kind of the veneer uh, but, you know, a lot of times people don't really conceptualize or think too much about kind of the story, you know, behind, you know, a lot of those, you know, successes. And, you know, it seems like if we were to compare, let's say, people to like pieces of steel and, you know, maybe, you know, I, I think maybe you might appreciate this because you're from an engineering background. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're talking about tools or swords or even making structural beams, you know, to make really the strongest piece of steel, you have to keep hammering it and you have to keep removing the impurities and the carbon out of it. And that is really how you make really, you know, the best, you know, piece. And, you know, I'm somebody who loves medieval history and, you know, okay. uh, and things like that as well. And if you were to look at, let's say, swords and armaments across cultures, I'm talking about in the Middle East with Damascus steel, I'm talking about Western okay. Europe, I'm talking about East Asia and the Samurais, you know, some of these amazing pieces of, let's say, armor and armaments. And, you know, the, you know, these that were worked on by blacksmiths, these were hammered like tens, if not hundreds of thousands oh, yeah. of times, you know, over time, you know, removing every piece of carbon and whatever impurity, you know, out of that, you know, so to say. And that's why, you know, some of these, you could say, some of these pieces of armor and arms that are in, you know, museums, this is also why they've lasted for like 1500, 2000, or even 3000 plus years, you know, because these are kind of the ones that, you know, took the most, uh, I guess you could say, took the greatest beating from the blacksmith's hammer, you know, over, you know, over time. So, you know, I think maybe people who can be that resilient, um, look at yourself like a piece of steel. You know, you're not, you're not the finished product quite just yet. So keep going, you know? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Good image. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I love... It's you know, like the warrior image, you know? Like, yeah. this is the warrior in you. You just well, came out with that personality. Well, you know, I, you also mentioned the 80s, and I love 80s action movies. So I thought about Conan the Barbarian, the Terminator, and yes. you know, things yes. like that as well. So, you know, uh, you know, for me, you know, kind of, I guess, combining both of those likes and passions... Um, it, that at least conceptualizing it like that, you know, um, you know, makes sense. And, you know, if you look at, you know, history, you know, swords and armaments and armor that kind of deteriorated, um, and rusted over time, they were kind of, they were the ones that were not of good quality or they were mm -hmm. of the cheaper quality. So, you know, and by the way, this could either be in, you know, the Middle East or Europe or in East Asia, you know, there's different kind of qualities you can buy. There wasn't just like, you know. You could only buy this stuff if you're rich. No, just like today, there's different qualities of things you can you can buy. But if you look at the great ones that have stood the test of time, that are in museums, these are kind of tools and you could say artifacts that have created and have been behind a lot of the great events. You know, you'll often find there's a history um, where I think these objects were also under you know i guess you could say like i said under the blacksmith's hammer for you know um a more extensive amount of time than you know than, than others you know so to say if you look at i guess you could say um braveheart you know the actual william wallace um the real life william wallace he had that giant two-handed yeah. you know the giant two-handed sword you know this was a guy who almost took over medieval england because truthfully um, I guess you could say a, uh, um, I guess you could say a platoon 
of soldiers essentially invaded his village and killed his family. Mm. You know, this is something that he created history from, mm. you know, so to say. This is something that he used day in and day out in various battles and in different, you know, moments of his life. You look at medieval France with Joan of Arc, for instance, and, you know, um, I guess you could say the sword of Joan of Arc and the armor that she wore. You know, these are things that create history. These are pieces, much like the person, that will go through more than the average person. Mm -hmm. But also, but then you see why. This is also why they last. You know, this, this is yes. also why these things are, you know, these people and these uh, items are celebrated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very good. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but... Uh, but no, that was good. That was like, the, no, I mean, this is exactly what, what, what we talk about, is really getting that enthusiasm and getting that energy and find it, find it somewhere. You have it in you, and we all have that. Right. So whatever you inspires you, that empowers you to carry on, use it. Use it and create what you want to create in your life. And each one of us have it differently. So and, and I, I love anybody. Oh, thank you. And I would say to anybody, uh, Dr. Dr. Hinbuhia is the real deal. You can see how infectious her energy is with me yes. as, we are, as, we are, <laughs> as we are speaking right now is, as well. And I was going to ask, so what do you have planned for this year with the BAL method, other projects you're doing? What do you hope to accomplish this year mm. as far as to your goal empowering a billion girls and you know adding more and improving sustainability and you know things like that well uh, for the believe act and lead um i have a very nice um you know, scale up plan for it. Uh, we reach already 100 women. My objective is to mentor 1,000 women. I have um, masterminds uh, for uh, masterminds for a program of six months, and we also I have also VIP exclusive containers. Um, so it's really uh, I will be going live uh, to do a live launch soon. So I'll announce that I will just leave the link. Whoever, all the women who wants to really power up, who wants to, who knows that you know they can be something more. There is something in their life right. they're missing. So join in. I mean, it's really, it's such a beautiful transformational journey. It's like nowhere you can find an experience like that. It's just out of this world. We do energetic spirituality, mindset shift, and you get like all the consultancy and business plan and preparing this. So that's my plan is really to scale up, to, to empower as many women as possible. Also have a book in the making. And, um, you know, I'm very sensitive about the fact that there are millions of girls not going to school. Do you know that there are 129 million girls today? Added with 20, it's like 150 million girls out of school as of today and that's just not acceptable wow. so really my I, I do a lot of work we create books for girls to inspire them to you know to show them the way to encourage them so um i'm working on being able to contribute to to having helping more girls to go to school and uh giving accessibility um, so that's it has been amazing to be with you on this oh yes likewise Adam. <laughs> yeah listen it was an absolute pleasure having you you know, come on to the show today and talk about the BAL method and your, you know, you could say hero's journey, uh, you know, from, from start to where you are right now. So, you know, these things are, are very powerful um, as far as imagery, inspiration for people and especially, you know, young women to, uh, you know, undertake, because I think a lot of times, 
uh, and this just may go to just kind of default reflexive thinking, people kind of look at the veneer. Oh, you know, look at that person's success. They just had it easy. They, were, they just had a lot of good luck. And mm -hmm. uh, I, th I don't think people give enough benefit of the doubt to the person and perhaps allow that person the opportunity to kind of tell the story behind those successes. And I think that's what makes your mentoring and coaching very, you know, very, very, you know, in, in enriching, so to say, you know, mm -hmm. this isn't essentially somebody who is essentially given, you know, uh, I guess you could say a uh, magic bullet, you know, to, you know, enjoy and access to all this, you know, success. There was a lot of, you know, you could say uh, blood, sweat and tears behind all this. And by the mm -hmm. way, it is just a monumental task alone to learn another language, much less learn another language, go to Harvard and then proceed and, and proceed and do all of this. But, you know, by yes. the by the way. So, you know, I have the utmost respect for anybody who's just, you know, bilingual or multilingual, but much less, you know, taking your journey, you know, talking about punching above your weight, as they say in boxing, that is punching above your weight. And I think that's what we should all do. Punch above mm -hmm. our weight. And uh, I think you I think you've beautifully done that. So, you know, Dr. Oh, Hint. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what else you have in store, you know, for this year. And, you know, perhaps uh, before the end of this year, uh, let's get you back on and pick up from here and, you know, talk about, uh, you know, some of the other things that you've experienced and accomplished on your journey so far. Thank you, Adam. Very nice. Honored to be with you. Thank you Likewise. for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming on today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.